We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we are going to have the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation now that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have had their end of season pressers. We'll talk about what they had to say about Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. Had his end of season, end of 49ers tenure, perhaps, probably, presser. We'll talk about that and what he had to say. And just kind of try and piece together what exactly Jimmy Garoppolo's legacy is in a in a 49ers uniform. Because it's complicated and it's a, uh, should be an interesting conversation. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Watching Jimmy Garoppolo say goodbye on Zoom and do his like farewell message because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both are like, oh, all the cards are on the table. It's a good spot to be in. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, all the cards are not on the table. But they have to say, you know, they have to say that. But Jimmy Garoppolo is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, thanks. I'm out. Um, kind of surreal, even though we've known it's going to happen for the better part of the last year. And I think that this conversation about what Jimmy Garoppolo is or was for the 49ers is going to continue for, for a long time because it'll inevitably be tied in some ways to Trey Lance, whether it's in, oh, should have kept Garoppolo, Trey Lance is very good, or Trey Lance is awesome, what a great job Jimmy Garoppolo did in helping develop him. But I want to just kind of start with number 10, like leaving Trey Lance out of the conversation for now, but his legacy in a 49ers uniform is going to be fascinating. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo should be remembered fondly, right? Like I, I think ultimately, you know, the Niners didn't win Super Bowls, which is ultimately their goal 
but that I, Garoppolo was a tent pole for contending teams is, is sort of how I look at it, right? Like he wasn't the focal point. Um, he wasn't as important as the defense was over that stint. He wasn't as important as Kyle Shanahan and his play calling um, and the running game was, but he was a, a significant reason why the 49ers made uh, two NFC championship games over the last four years right? or two and three years, I should say. Um, and he, I, I think you, you, when you, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I'll always think of just intangibly how he handled things, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen other quarterbacks in the NFL, far better quarterbacks than Jimmy Garoppolo create drama behind the scenes. And it's, it can torpedo seasons, right? Like you can make the case that whatever Aaron Rodgers did last off season, bled into this year and it and it just felt like the Packers were for whatever reason weren't all rowing in the same direction when it came to the playoff game right like it right. was and uh, you know how much of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers and and the drama off the field you know what I I, I can't say because I'm I'm obviously a very distant observer of that situation but what I'll remember about this season in particular was the fact that 49ers start three and five. We talk about them like they're dead in the water, like Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be benched. They need to start the Trey Lance era sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it turns out that Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. He helps the 49ers play well enough to get not only get into the playoffs, but make a but make a run to the point where I thought they were going to win the NFC championship game mm-hmm. as far uh, as deep, you know, as like through three quarters of it, like going into it, I thought the 49ers would win. I certainly thought when they took a 10 point lead, on George Kittle's touchdown that they were going to win. And ultimately they didn't. And the fact that now Jimmy Garoppolo has two horrendous fourth quarters in the biggest games of the season on his resume is going to stick with him, right? Like Mm -hmm. what happened in the fourth quarter against the chiefs in the super bowl is going to stick with him. What happened against the Rams is going to stick with him, even though he was part of a team wide collapse, I think in both cases, right? It wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it, it was, it was the, the defense played a significant role in those two teams losing um, in those games. So it, ultimately, it's complicated for me, right? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. He's a quarterback you can win with if you have an elite defense and an elite head coach and an elite running game. Um, but he's not going to be a franchise elevator. He's not going right. to take a mediocre roster and get you to 11 or 12 wins each year. He's, he's going to be a cog in the machine um, of a good organization, but he's not going to elevate it. But, and I know you made this point, I think Jimmy Garoppolo deserves credit for helping the 49ers turn things around. Mm-hmm. And when he first got there in 2017, he added credibility to the quarterback room. And he was a guy that, they could build an offense around an effective enough offense to contend. And then obviously there are very real reasons why they moved on. But ultimately I think 49ers fans should remember Jimmy Garoppolo fondly. I, I know he was, you know, frustrating to watch. He threw, <clears throat> excuse me. He threw a lot of interceptable passes. He mm-hmm. threw a lot of interceptions. He turned the ball over quite a bit. The injuries were obviously an issue. But in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, the person and, and how he handled things, like I think all that stuff matters. And totally. you talk about culture and, and things like that, like that stuff matters. And he was a significant part of it. So he was he was part of the answer, but he wasn't 
uh, a big enough reason that the 49ers were winning for them to justify, you know, sticking with him at his price and instead went another direction with Trey Lance. Yeah, I think I think if your scale of success starts and ends with Super Bowl win, then then I I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair. But B like that doesn't work for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like yeah, he didn't get the 49ers to the to the pinnacle, but nobody's trying to call him the best 49ers quarterback of all time or a top 3 quarterback in the league. But you have to consider what he did. Like it's it's easy to it's easy to forget <laughs> the 49ers were 2 and 14 in 2016 and they were 1 and 9 when he made his first start in sorry, 1 and 10 when he made his first start in in 2017. Those five wins in a row, and you can talk about the level of competition if you want, even though the Jags and the Titans both were playoff teams that year. But you can talk about the level of competition if you want. But the fact of the matter is the 49ers would have lost those games. The 49ers were probably going to go like 1-15 and 15 or 2-14 and 14 and be 4-28 and 28 across two seasons. But in winning those five games and Jimmy Garoppolo flipping the direction of the franchise, like they skipped a couple steps of their rebuild. And had he not gotten hurt in 2018, like who knows where that team was going to go. They looked on track for like a nine, seven, eight, eight type of year. But because they got him in 2017, they skipped past the, okay, got to find a rookie. got to try and develop him. Got to see what they, they didn't need to worry about all that. They had a guy in place at the start of 2018. And then again, at the start of 2019 and with, you know, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and George Kittle with some savvy front office moves, they had a ready Super Bowl contender two years removed from from being one in ten after twelve weeks, and so I think I don't want to overstate Garoppolo's importance on that because, like, at the end of the day, he is who he is, and and everything you just said, he's not going to elevate a franchise, but he is good enough to elevate a franchise that was in the mud. Like the 49ers were in a bad way when Jimmy Garoppolo showed up and whether it was him or Kirk cousins or some other player who came in, it it was Jimmy Garoppolo. They traded for him. He's the guy. And he was the one who was at the forefront. Now he eventually faded more into the background as, as the talent around him kind of grew, but he was at the forefront of, the 49ers turnaround, like don't lose sight of at the end of 2017. It was like, Oh man, this is the guy. The fact they got him for a second round pick felt like a little bit of a coup considering what he was going to get in free agency. So I think again, there's, there's plenty to say about what he did on the field and, and this version of the 49ers, you know, coming up short twice, but the fact that they were in positions to even come up short is remarkable considering, like I said, where they were four years ago. And a lot of that has to do with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of their rise has to do with, with him, I think, both, both tangibly and, and intangibly. I think you saw at the end of this year, just with all the support he got from his teammates, that guy mattered in the locker room whether it translated on the field or not, 
for him, he he mattered very much to the culture the 49ers built that allowed them to climb out of a three and five start this year and go to the NFC championship. Right. And for, for me, it's like, and when it comes to the conversation around Super Bowls, like again, like Jimmy Garoppolo was not good in the fourth quarter against Kansas City totally. or in the fourth quarter against the Rams. Right. But Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, right? Jim Kelly mm-hmm. never won a Super Bowl. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, man. Like Nick Foles, Trent Dilfer, um, Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winners, right? So like sometimes it's we, we let, you know, rings culture sort of define a quarterback right. success or not. And obviously that's a part of Jimmy Garoppolo's story, but it's not the entire story. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know we talked about how, or I've said it like the, I thought the 49ers should have just started Trey Lance from the jump. And I think ultimately Kyle Shanahan proved me wrong as the season went, particularly after week 18, when, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wins that game in LA. Um, they have a minute, 20 seconds, 27 seconds left, no timeouts. They need a touchdown to tie it just to send it to overtime. Garoppolo comes through to me. That's, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's signature moment. Um, and the one I'll probably remember. And then you get an uneven game against Dallas uh, you obviously get the game in Green Bay where he struggled, but he did lead the game, you know, the the drive with two throws to to um, Debo Samuel and George Kittle that led to the game winning field goal. Like ultimately what the 49ers lacked before Kyle Shanahan and, and Garoppolo got there was just competence. Mm-hmm. And Garoppolo yeah. provided a level of competence. What yeah, and, and sort of the the big what if for me is gonna be like what if Garoppolo didn't tear his ACL in 2018 completely because I thought he was a much different quarterback pre and, and post injury. I agree. I thought I remember plays he made. There's one that stands out to me. Um, it was the Rams, I think in the 2017 finale where he was just able to bounce. Like he had a lot of bounce in his legs and he was able to bounce away from pressure and, and, you know, make throws and he had an athleticism back then that was just more functional than it was after he got hurt. Yep. And there was a tentativeness that I think came up after he got hurt. You remember it, in 2017, he was really good under pressure. Yeah. Like the, the numbers that year when he was dealing with pressure were really good. And then after the injury, it was like, man, you pressure Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, he's really useless, right? Mm-hmm. Not useless, but he's not nearly as good. Not as pressure. effective. And it was just like, it was pretty stark. And so that that's one thing I'll wonder about with Jimmy Garoppolo is how much did the injury, the first injury ultimately impact him um, in terms of the way he played quarterback, the confidence that he had, mm-hmm. but it was just it, over time, it became clear. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan will, will talk about the injuries and the fact that he couldn't rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy. And the fact that 2018 was derailed and 2020 was derailed in large part because of Garoppolo's injuries. But there's an element of Kyle Shanahan just wanting a better quarterback, right? Just want, just looking around at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford um, and Russell Wilson and saying, man, like I need an elite skill set if I'm going to contend for Super Bowls year in and year out. Right. And ultimately that's the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and those guys is the, the, the athleticism to make plays after they break down the athleticism Mm -hmm. to, to go get, go rush, go run for a first down after the pocket breaks down, Mm -hmm. right? Go, go find a new platform, 
throwing platform at the numbers after you evade pressure and make a big play downfield. Like those were all things that Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't do. And ultimately that's an equalizing factor in the biggest games and the biggest moments. And when teams ramp up the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo in the fourth quarter of these big games, he just wasn't able to come through because it's at those points where it's, you just got to be able to play backyard football sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't do that. And so I think he's a good quarterback. I think if in the right system, we saw like he was second in the league in yards per attempt this year, he was um, ninth in passer rating. You go back to 2019, he was only quarterback in the league that was top five in touchdown passes, yards per attempt and completion rate, which are obviously all a function of Kyle Shanahan's offense. And you can look at, um, you know, there are a bunch of other metrics that, that say that Jimmy Garoppolo can be an effective quarterback. But to me, a lot of the numbers are more Kyle Shanahan stats than Jimmy Garoppolo stats. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's just, this is a word you we've, we've said a lot over the last few days. It's limited. There are just limitations to his game that, that hold him and the offense back. I don't think that's like, that's not dragging the guy. Like there's a lot of quarterbacks that have limitations and you know, he was dynamite throwing over the middle of the field, super confident, just letting it rip between the hash marks outside the numbers. Not so much down the field, not so much. And I think you saw, and that's the thing is like, I think you actually tweeted about it. Like there's this rush to place blame on one person. Mm-hmm. And if you mention one thing that went wrong, you were viewed as blaming that thing. That's not Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't at fault for what happened against the Rams, but what happened against the Rams was the manifestation of, okay, the Niners run game isn't working. Their defense didn't get a couple stops and they need their quarterback to make a play. Offensive line protection breaks down. Run game's not there. What does your quarterback do? Because that in the NFL now, that that matters like more than anything. When everything else goes wrong, can your quarterback make a play? And the answer with Jimmy Garoppolo was no. And again, that's not that's not to say he's bad. That's not to say he stinks. Like he doesn't. Because if you stink, you're not second in the league in yards per attempt. I'm sorry. Like you don't. The, right. There's a reason they win with Jimmy Garoppolo and not with Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. Like he's better than those guys. Now, the what the 49ers are looking at is how much better can they be with a quarterback who's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's, I think, where a lot of the frustration with him comes in is like, man, he's 36 and 12 or whatever. I don't know. David Lombardi tweeted the numbers a couple times, but 35 um, and 16, 35 and 16, um, including playoffs, including the playoffs. That's good. It's very good. But when you think about all the games, the the, the NFC championship, um, the Cardinals week one of 2019. Now, granted, there were some other injury issues, but or 2020, I mean, week one of that year. There are so many games that you can point to where it's like, man, if they had a better quarterback, they win that game. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration, goes. it's not with Garoppolo being bad. It's just like, man, there is another level this team can get to that his skill set is just not going to get them. Right. It's, you, you get to a certain point when you go through the playoffs and 
to get to a Super Bowl, you're just going to have to rely on your quarterback making plays, right? Like the 49ers yeah. at 2019 was kind of an outlier. They first of all they had the bye. Um, they get the Vikings and Kirk Cousins at home. They play pretty well against them, and, and obviously win in advance. They destroy the Packers. Garoppolo only throws the ball eight times. Um, and really, the big difference between the Niners and the Chiefs, particularly at quarterback in the Super Bowl, was what what was the defining play of that game? It was Patrick Mahomes taking a shotgun snap, taking ten steps, taking a ten step drop, throwing off his back foot, and completing a forty five yard pass to Tyreek Hill. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo never done that, right? <laughs> never. Like, is there, uh, what's crazy about, about Garoppolo is there isn't really a single play that stands out that was like, man, remember that insane play that Jimmy Garoppolo made? Right. It was like Jimmy Garoppolo can function within the offense, but it, there was no transcendent factor of like right. Jimmy Garoppolo had four guys all over him. And he was scrambling to his left and and hit a guy 30 yards downfield. Like, it just doesn't happen. The signature and, Jimmy Garoppolo throw was the one to Debo Samuel against the Rams in week 18, the 43-yarder. Yeah. And that was a throw that any starting quarterback should be able to make. Right. And it was like kind of so it was like, oh, Jimmy pushing the ball downfield. Like right. anytime he pushes the ball downfield and completes it, like it's somewhat like, surprising. Whoa. Yeah. But yeah, he's not bad. Like he's not a bad quarterback. And if you're you know, I think there are a lot of parallels you can draw to Alex Smith. The mm-hmm. big difference being, I mean, but Alex Smith's more athletic. Uh, Alex Smith didn't turn the ball over. He was, he was, that was one thing he was known for was being extremely right. careful with the ball. Sometimes it was maddening for sure, because he wasn't taking shots downfield, but at the same time, he wasn't throwing passes over the middle that seemed like they were going to get picked all the time. Like Garoppolo did right. often. Right. Um, but I think, in terms of the way they're going to be viewed or the way they should be viewed, I think they should be viewed similarly. Like I think 49ers fans have a very healthy respect for Alex Smith after what he did uh, in 2011 in particular, and through the first, I guess, half of 2012 when he was really good. Um, I, I would think that's how fans would view Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and, you know, there isn't that moment like Alex Smith had against the Saints in uh, in that playoff game and after the 2011 season. Um, but I think getting to two NFC championship games in three years and playing through the injury and that win in the uh, against Green Bay, he was he was part of really good teams, really resilient yep. teams. And his resiliency was a big role in the 49ers getting as far as they did. Um, and I think he deserves credit for that. And is he an elite quarterback? No, but can you win with him if you have everything else in place that you need to? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very difficult. It's about expanding that margin for error, right? Yeah. Like that's that's ultimately what it is. It's not that Garoppolo can't can cannot win a suit. Like he can, but we saw it against the Rams. We saw it against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The margin for error is just so so small. Um, just to go back real quick to that 2019 run, he threw that interception at the end of the first half against the Vikings and then Michael Kendricks. Yep. And then threw 14 passes over the next six quarters. That's just not a sustainable model. (laughs) It's just, it's not. And I think, and I think too, you know, Shanahan can say whatever he wants. I think Garoppolo's limitations are a big reason that the 49ers don't do a lot of creative stuff on fourth and short. 
And I think it's part of the problem. And we'll see, obviously, going into next year. But I do, I do think that that has something to do with it. Um, Great at quarterback sneaks, dude. Dynamite at quarterback sneaks. That's an undervalued thing that he does. Um, Ultimately, what I want to say about Garoppolo is sitting here at almost five o'clock Pacific time on February first. I feel like Garoppolo enhanced his 49ers legacy, whatever that means, like a lot this year. Because if he gets traded before the year, they had the one run in 2019, and then he got hurt in 2020. He started six games. They split those three games, and he was he's off in the wind. But by making that run this year, by the team making the run with him at quarterback, and the way he handled off the field, all the Trey Lance stuff, and Trey Lance coming out on Monday and saying, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of my best friends and he's going to be for the rest of my life. And the way Jimmy Garoppolo talked about Trey, talking about how he's a really down-to-earth guy and it made things so much easier, and Kyle Shanahan saying it's one of the best quarterback rooms he's been a part of. That, to me, like, forget football for a minute. Like, just the human element of that and the personal side of it, like, just putting yourself in Jimmy Garoppolo's shoes and being a little bit empathetic, that has to be hard as hell. Right. And for him to do that and then go through adversity on the field with a couple injuries, playing through an injury and the team going three and five and then a lot of the fan base calling for the rookie. Like, that's just, that is super, super impressive to me. And it's not like, it's not like we're going to sit here in 20 years and we go, hey, let, let's rank the 49ers quarterbacks. It's not going to be like, well, remember how Jimmy Garoppolo handled the Trey Lance thing? I don't think that's going to be, you know, a thing. But I, I just, I really think, like I said, sitting here today, my, my thoughts and my, my kind of feeling about Jimmy Garoppolo is, is much, much greater. I have a much higher, uh, appreciation for him as a, as a player and a person just based on how he handled this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, we... It, it matters if you like going to work, right? Like, are yeah. you going to be as productive an employee if you hate your job and you hate the people you work with? Mm-hmm. Probably not, right? But if you like the people you're around you like your bosses or your coaches in this case, Um, you like your colleagues, your fellow quarterbacks in this case, like that stuff matters. And given the time commitment and all the effort and energy it takes to be a good NFL player, having a situation where you don't hate everybody is (laughs) going to tend to lead to more success than if you just despise everyone you're around and, and despise your situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, that stuff definitely matters. And I think it, it look, the, the story of the 2021 49ers to me is going to be mostly about intangibles and resiliency yep. more so than the talent, right? Because in 2019, it was about, man, this team's stacked, right? They have the talent, they have the coaches. This team's kind of a buzzsaw. The 2021 team was like, man, they got kicked in the teeth. They played pretty poorly. They turned the ball over a lot. They were three and five. And then it was like, man, they became one of the dangerous teams in the NFL full stop late in the season when they had to do it and their backs were against the wall. And they embraced that backs against the wall mentality. And of course, Garoppolo spent the entire season with his back against the wall because the 49ers drafted his replacement. Right. And it could have, you know, Kyle Shanahan said today that, you know, when they were three and five, if they would have lost to the Rams in week 10, like there was a pretty reasonable chance that he would have gone to Trey Lance at that point, mm-hmm. but the 49ers won 31 to 10. Um, they went on a run there and then it was like, okay, they, we got a shot at making the playoffs and making another run. So, you know, stick with Jimmy. And then ultimately it was, it proved to be the, the right decision. I mean, you can, you know, we'll always be able to quibble. Like I know Trey Lance is a rookie and, and hadn't right. played in two years, but there there's always, the unknown of like, what would it have been like if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't here and you just gave Trey Lance all those practice reps and game reps and all that stuff, all right. that stuff we talked about over and over. It's hard to argue with the process though, given what we saw with Trey Lance between weeks five and 17, and then the 49ers having a 10 point lead going into the fourth quarter of the NFC championship game. Right. A lot of teams would kill for the 49ers problems. Yes. Correct. <laughs> just, just to get to the NFC championship game. So like, I, I understand why fans are, you know, frustrated with the way that game went, obviously, but like, yeah, of course getting there is, is a big deal. Just being in that position is a big deal. And yeah, the fact that the matters, 49ers, man. yeah, the fact the 49ers could, could get to that point, you know, two times in three years is impressive and it reflects well on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but again, you can also make the argument that they were winning sort of in spite of the way he was playing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he That's wasn't like great. always going to be the conundrum. Yeah. He was it's... like great intangibly and, and the guy that you want in your foxhole and whatever, but also like the guy who was kind of carried at times by the defense and the running game and the coaching. It's going to be, there's going to be like a 49ers podcast in 20 or 30 years or whatever medium they're doing. And they're going to, look back at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers and be like, why did they get rid of this guy? Yeah. I mean, there are probably people already (laughs) making that case. Yeah. Well, there are, I see them on the internet. Yeah. Uh, Look at his record, but yeah, I I just, 
I think that's kind of what it what it really comes down to is logically when you when you remove yourself, if you're angry about the way the NFC championship game went down, or if you're still angry about the Super Bowl, like if you zoom out and you look at on-field stuff, off-field stuff, where the 49ers came from when Jimmy Garoppolo arrived and where they're at now, where they are a quarterback away. I think it's hard to argue. I guess this is what I'm trying to get at. It's really hard to argue that the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a success for the 49ers. Yeah, I think it was a success. Like if they could do it again, knowing everything they know right now, I think they would do it again. Yeah. Assuming they don't know how draft picks pan out. Like if they just know, hey, this is how these seasons are going to go, I think they do it again. When you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and you're winless, and then you say, okay, over the next, over the following four years, if we were to go to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game, Mm -hmm. you would take that. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Particularly after what happened in 2014, 15, and 16. Yeah. And 17. So yeah, it was successful. And again, I'm not, you know, I think uh, I'm not trying to say it would have been been impossible for the 49ers to get there without him. Obviously there were mistakes made along the way. The fact that the 49ers completely passed on the quarterbacks in the 2017 draft, including Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson is a big indictment of Kyle Shanahan and, and his process because he was so intent on getting Kirk cousins and free agency in the 2018 off season. Right before Garoppolo surprisingly became available at the 2017 trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously problematic. And who knows where the 49ers would have been if they decided to draft Mahomes, <laughs> right? Yeah, but that's, I mean, again, that's that's hindsight stuff. Right, but you could, I, like, I, I think what's notable too, particularly with the, dis- the Cousins discussion, like the 49ers went further than the Vikings ever did with Cousins. Yes, that's correct. Um, not to say, you know, I know people... I I know people would get mad if you said Cousins is better than Garoppolo. I think. Can I say? Can I? Can I? I don't know if I want to open I bring that some can nuance worms, to that. But, but sure, real yeah. quick, go for it. Because hey, listeners can't respond. What are they going to do? Tweet at us? Uh, <laughs> we're not live. Uh, not yet. I think that. Oh, tease. Spoiler, spoiler. I think that. Um, I love the bit of just calling things spoilers when they're not. That's. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, low key, but we've been teasing it. Anyways, here's, here's a take. I think Kirk cousins is probably like, like just a better quarterback, like from a on the field snap over snap play over play quarterback, but the 49ers wouldn't have gone as far as they did with Jimmy Garoppolo with Kirk cousins. Justin Jefferson had some of the worst body language. Oh my God. In that Vikings game <laughs> in November when Cousins was was missing him. Yeah. Right. And there was a lot of like palms in the air, a lot of yelling at each other, like just shoulder slumping as the ball is traveling. Yeah. <laughs> that that never happened with Jimmy. You didn't get you didn't get his teammates showing him up publicly and being like, man, you, you know, basically never once saying that, you know, you suck with with body language like that was not a thing that happened. Everybody. To a man, and like I cover the team, like on and off the record, to a man, everybody loves Jimmy. Like that's not yes. hyperbolic. That's not me just gassing him up. It's like that. That stuff is true, and to me, that stuff matters. Justin Jefferson is not going to unprompted right before the NFC Championship game tweet about how awesome Jimmy Garoppolo is and how everybody needs to shut up about him. 
Right. That's what Debo Samuel did. Right. He said it's Craxy. <laughs> yes. X is X is Z. He's like so. xylophone. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I just that that like and that's that's so that's that's why I say the Niners don't get as far with Cousins as they did with Garoppolo because there is an intangible leadership quality that Garoppolo has that I don't think Cousins possesses. And I I don't think Cousins handles the Trey Lance thing the way Jimmy Garoppolo did. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the 49ers ultimately, like, I think they're going to get potentially a second round pick for him. Man. Right? Like, I think they're going to get a third round pick that could become a conditional second based on playing time or incentives or whatever else, right? I think that's a pretty real possibility. And I think a team like Pittsburgh would be pretty smart to do it because if you look at the way the Steelers are constructed, obviously it's different schemes and and everything like that, but it's a loaded defense, one of the best defenses in the league every year, and a good running back in Najee Harris, good receivers. I think the Steelers needing a quarterback now that Ben Roethlisberger is retired make a ton of sense for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you look at the way they're constructed, they could do they could be a similar team to what the 49ers were in 2019 and 2021 in that they could be really tough to beat with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Absolutely. They were and, tough to beat with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback two seasons ago. Yeah. And Roethlisberger has not been good for a while. So. They made the playoffs this year. Right. Like yeah. they could and, be really good if Garoppolo is their quarterback. Yeah, Denver, I think you can make a similar case and there's some schematic schematic um stuff that works because Hackett comes from the uh the LaFleur McVeigh Shanahan tree. Mm-hmm. Um New Orleans would have made sense with Sean Payton, but the fact that Sean Payton's no longer there is interesting. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the betting favorite right now per bet online. Yeah. I don't, who knows what, what that would look like, but I, I mean, it I'm, makes sense. I am fascinated by the Raiders idea with Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, the GM whose name escapes me comes from new England. Yeah. And the yeah, other Derek side of Carr. that, of course, is what happens with, with Derek Carr. Would Derek Carr be a good backup for Trey Lance <laughs> straight across Derek Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo? Who says no. <laughs> Um, I, I think Marcus Mariota would be a perfect backup for trailer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a name to watch for sure, but we'll get into that. We have an off season, dude. We got a whole entire off season. Hey, to, the to Tuesday. So the Monday after, after a loss is always like, all right, pick up the pieces. What the hell went wrong? This and that mm-hmm. the Tuesday after like, Oh, there's no football. The, 49ers don't play on Sunday or the Sunday after that. <laughs> right. Like, like damn. Right. <laughs> like, go focus on the second round of the draft. Yeah. So Trey Lance is going to go to LA and work with quarterback gurus in the off season. Oh, I would imagine. We'll see Ooh, Tom house. Sense. Potentially. I don't know. Hey, real Gordon quick. Palmer. Something I want to, something I want to bring up um, mm-hmm. before we, I know this is going to be all about Jimmy Garoppolo, but um this is this is semi-related the first of the two future first round picks the Niners gave up for Trey Lance is number 29 in this year's draft 
And it looked like it was going to be like top 12 for a while. Right. So that's another parting gift that Jimmy Garoppolo gave the 49ers by yeah. helping them get to as far as they did. Because if the Niners wind up trading too late first for a franchise quarterback, if Trey Lance winds up being that, that's a big deal. It's good business. I tend to think the 49ers have a chance to be really good next year. Yeah. Really good. Big offseason coming up, but yeah. Um, yeah, they got to pay Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, which obviously becomes a little bit easier to do if you're not paying Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million or whatever his cap it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to resign Arden Key. <laughs> yes, sure. I'm just picking um, random free agents and saying no, you got to resign them. I mean, Lakin Tomlinson's a, a relatively a, mm-hmm. noti- notable free agent. DJ Jones, same boat. They have to figure out the right side of their offensive line. Yeah, they got to figure out the right side of the offensive line. Kwan Williams, free agent. Do you bring him back? Do you go with Diamador Lenore? I know Kwan Williams struggled against uh, Cooper Cup, but frankly, so did the entire. I was going to say, so did everyone. (laughs) Um, Can I make a point about the Jimmy Garoppolo record thing versus the other guys? Yes. Because everybody, and I think I've made it pretty clear, like I think Garoppolo is good, not great. Obviously, I think there's a lot of, I hate to tell people there's nuance in this discussion, but I obviously there is there is here with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, people say a lot of people use Jimmy Garoppolo's record as like, oh, the 49ers are so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, yeah, obviously, when you have a starting quarterback, you're going to be better with him than when you're playing your backups. I think that's that's pretty obvious. But you look at so Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo, including the playoffs, 35 and 16 without him, they're eight and 28. That includes 0 and 9 to start 2017. That was Brian Hoyer, CJ Beathard. Brian Hoyer, CJ Beathard, a rebuilding team, very few good players. What Garoppolo did that year was pretty remarkable. Um, So, yeah, that stands out. Like baffling when you go back and look at it. (laughs) 2018, the 49ers lose Garoppolo week three. Um, They didn't have Nick Bosa. Fred Warner was a rookie. Um, The secondary wasn't nearly as good. Right. You remember that was like the Kella Witherspoon. Richard Sherman, but he got he was like banged up. Yeah. Richard Sherman was banged up. Uh, Jimmy Ward was playing cornerback at that point. Um, so look, Nick Adrian Colbert got hurt. Yeah. Brian Hoyer, 0 and 6. Nick Mullins, 5 and 11. CJ Beathard, 2 and 10. Trey Lance, 1 and 1. That's 8 and 28. So without Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers are playing backup quarterbacks. Yeah. They're obviously going to be worse. Uh, 2020. They're playing Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard when Nick Bosa gets hurt, right? George Kittle gets hurt. Uh, Richard Sherman's hurt. D. Ford's hurt. Like, all of their good players are hurt, and that plays into Nick Mullins not being as good. Like, if Nick Mullins played in 2019 opposite that defense, he's probably going to have a better record. And the splits with, with and without Garoppolo are going to look different as they were in 2018 before Nick Bosa was there. And that team also dealt with a ton of injuries and had a whole other slew of stuff going on. So like I Jimmy Garoppolo's record as 49ers quarterback is good, but just to use that to say, this is how valuable Jimmy Garoppolo was ignores the context of what happened in those seasons, because it wasn't disingenuous. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard got the keys to a Bugatti when they were made the starters. Well, and it's not like Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard went on to be awesome starters elsewhere. 
Right. They're very clearly back. CJ Beathard was the backup on the worst team in the league. And Nick Mullins was a practice squad guy for the Browns. Right. I mean, so yeah, it, it's the, not like they, it's not like they had freaking prime Steve young going eight and 28. Right. Right. The, the winning percentage is, is what it is. It's impressive. And, yes. but I, I just don't, I can't be like, you know, Oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo was 35 and 16 as a Niner starter. And, and that's how we define his value to the team. It's like, man, particularly are, because they're eight and 28 without him. It's like, all right, they were eight and 28 without him because the team was not nearly as good and they were playing backup quarterbacks. And there are actual things you can say about his value that, that matter way more than what his record was compared to that of Hoyer, Mullins, and Beathard, right. the law firm. <laughs> you know, it, it just, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like that. And like I said, it all, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to come across him dragging Jimmy Garoppolo, but like if they were that good with him, imagine how much better they'll be with a like elite type of quarterback. Not yeah. saying Trey Lance will or will not be that, but that's what they're shooting for. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan said it when he first got the job is that you're looking for one of the elite guys in the league. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's, what's going to give you the best shot year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And Trey Lance certainly has a skill set, right? Like to me, he Trey does. Lance is a is a hybrid between, and this is just skill set. This is, yeah, I think he's a hybrid between Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. Jesus, just from a just from a skill set standpoint, obviously he needs to learn how to play quarterback, right? The at physical an NFL level before he can get there. But like right. a maxed out Trey Lance, to me is a Deshaun Watts. Yeah. Trey Lance reaching his ceiling is, is somewhere between Josh Allen and Deshaun Watts. Man. IMO. That'd be pretty remarkable. Yeah. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) I dig it. I don't have much else to, to say about Jimmy Garoppolo at this moment. This conversation will be rehashed based on how like Jimmy Garoppolo will come up again. Once we see Trey Lance play football. Yeah. The 49ers. So Garoppolo basically said that the, he, him and his representation are working with the 49ers at finding a trade destination. And what was kind of interesting about it is, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch alluding to the idea, well, we haven't made any decisions yet. And then Garoppolo coming in a few minutes later and being like, (laughs) yeah, I've, you know, we've pretty much said our goodbyes. We've, we've outlined how this is going to (laughs) go. We're going to do that with Trent Williams ankle too. Right. Yeah, exactly. We're going to find, we're going to find out, you know, uh, or we're going to work together to find a partner that benefits both sides, but you know, and he thanked the fans and thanked the media. And it was, there was a whole lot of finality to it where Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were obviously a little more ambiguous about it, but I, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I don't think he does, but after Shanahan's first bit on Garoppolo today, my my boss at the radio station comes in. Who are my nameless? He comes in the room. He goes, he's gone. Like, yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, He's been that. He's gone. I think so. Where do you think he goes? Mm, okay, here's here's the team I think he goes to and why I think he goes there. I think he's going to go to Washington Oof. because I think Washington is going to overpay because 
overpaying for Jimmy Garoppolo when you're Washington's fine, but they're not a Jimmy Garoppolo type of quarterback away. But I could see Washington talking themselves into that going, Oh, Antonio Gibson and, and good defensive line with, with Chase Young and Durant. Like, Oh, we can, we Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. I could see a team like Washington shelling out a first round pick to outbid like the Steelers aren't going to overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, I genuinely don't think they will. I think by the time Tampa Bay's offseason is done with all the free agents they have, I don't think that they're going to be interested in, in shelling out picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think Washington, because again, while I have the utmost respect for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it would be dumb to trade a first round pick for him. But Washington is kind of a dumb franchise. So, and could Terry McLaurin, are we sure he can't be Debo Samuel? I'm pretty sure. Um, so the dynamic there obviously is the Shanahan relationship with that organization, right? Sure. So I, I don't know, like I, so part of, part of the intangible stuff and Kyle Shanahan always sort of going to bat for Jim, for Jimmy Garoppolo makes me think, I mean, Shanahan despises Washington. Like he wouldn't send him there. Yeah, I don't think Shanahan would say. Yeah, but okay, but if the Steelers are going, hey, we'll give you a fourth, and Washington's like, yeah, have our first. I mean, yeah, the I don't know that the the gap would be that wide between those two offers potentially. I don't I don't know that, but I'm you know, I, so I think he's going to go to Pittsburgh. That's um, because if you're the Steelers, you're obviously going to try to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be attainable. And I don't know that even if he was that the Steelers would part with what, two or three first round picks it would take to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. Um, you know, two or three first for Aaron Rodgers versus a second for Jimmy. Like if you're Pittsburgh and you've watched what the 49ers have done with Jimmy and you say, well, you know, we might be better equipped to, to withstand Jimmy Garoppolo's mistakes and the 49ers were. Um, I just think the Steelers, the Steelers window is open because of their defense. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers is not available, if Russell Wilson isn't available, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Russell Wilson, but. And if I this think- draft class is actually as bad as early returns from experts say it is right from draft Knicks. Right. Um, so I, I think he's going to go to Pittsburgh because I think he makes sense for them in terms of their window being what it is right now. And the okay. fact that they do have that defense and, and potentially a good running game um, for the 49ers. It's like, you know, Tomlin and Shanahan are close. Um, you're sending him to the AFC. So you don't have to worry about playing Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. Not that I think that would be like a determining factor, but coaches are always weird like that. Like just coaches and decision makers always prefer to trade somebody to the other conference. Yeah. Um, and he's on the other side of the country. Like, it's not like there's going to be a ton of Jimmy Garoppolo discussion in the Bay area, you know, because he's playing well for Pittsburgh or whatever. I don't think unless Trey Lance stinks, (laughs) which I'm not really expecting even because obviously I just called him Deshaun Watson. The amount of people, the amount of people (laughs) that have called into the radio station I work at 95, seven, the game in San Francisco, the amount of people that have called in, and just been like, just been like, hope the Niners are prepared to suck for the next two years. Like, man, what? Like, that's, I mean, yeah, maybe, that's... definite maybe, but like, what? You're just declaring that? 
you could just as easily be like, hope they're ready to hoist the Super Bowl trophy in the next two years. Like it's the same amount of unknown. Yeah, I mean, anything declarative at this point is anything declarative at this point is is premature. Premature for sure. I will say, based on what I've heard. And I know this has been said elsewhere, but based on what I've heard, I think the 49ers are more confident in Trey Lance now than they were back when training camp was happening and, and he was yeah. playing well. Um, I yeah. think they were encouraged about the strides that he took between his first start in Arizona and that second start against the Texans. Um, I think one of the things that really stands out to them about Trey Lance is his work ethic and his ability to improve. Yeah. Right. So if you give him a full offseason now, after getting a taste of what being an NFL quarterback is like, and if he continues to ride that trajectory, you could be in a pretty good spot with Trey Lance once the regular season comes around. Right. Trey Lance's athleticism could change what the offense looks like completely from a schematic standpoint. Yep. Like Shanahan might feel compelled to go for it on fourth and two. Right. Because he or he might run better plays on second and third down. But. Yeah. Which yeah. will be featured at some point in the Sacramento Bee this offseason. Oh. I asked him that question about fourth downs today. He was a little defiant, but I, you know, whatever. Co- coaches are, are going to stick by their decisions for the most part. Of course. Um, we can talk about that at a later date. But um, we've got a lot to unpack this offseason. We do. But uh, overall, just in terms of trail, I'm very optimistic about Trey Lance, particularly with this team, with what we just saw from Debo Samuel and the fact that George Kittle probably didn't have nearly as productive of a season. And maybe we'll find out that had to do with injury stuff. Um, Brandon Ayuk not getting involved until like week nine. Yeah, the offensive line pretty banged up like it. With the def- with D'Amico Ryan's coming back, that's also a factor we haven't mentioned yet. The fact that he withdrew his name from the Vikings coaching search in the case that he's coming back. Um, right. Defense could be really good running game. Elijah Mitchell year two. Trey Lance inserted into the running game. Maybe Trey Sermon's a factor next year. I mean, I think the Niners could potentially be really good, even though Trey Lance is not going to have the most experienced quarterback. Yep. Agreed. All right. I do. I cool. do agree. All right. That's the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. And like I said, it's certainly going to continue. We'll have plenty more off-season content coming up for you. So subscribe if you have not already done that. The Niners don't have a first-round pick, but we'll do some draft stuff for sure because they'll have to fill some holes via the draft. And we'll just kind of guide you through the off-season. Maybe some more, maybe some more old rushes as well. Some rewatches mm. of old 49er games. It's one of my favorite things to do. Subscribe if you haven't. Rate review. Bye. Bye.